Well, how the hell are you today? Are you guys ready for Christmas? Because, what, episode 32, Nick the American, he's not ready for Christmas. Are you ready for Christmas? I've still got more presents to buy. My wife has tasked me with uh, stocking stuffers. I usually get stockings every year. I actually ordered uh, a couple of presents for my wife online. I don't really do the online thing. I like to go into a store still. I'm, I'm an old man. I don't even know what to say. So I hope everybody out there is ready for the holiday season. It's not as stressful as maybe it, it should be or as it normally is. Maybe things are going better for you. Maybe they're semi-wonderful. I don't know. I'm just living. I know uh, today we've got uh, Santa pictures with the kids. and We're pulling a couple of the boys out of school early because there's just with kids sports, my son's wrestling, one of my sons is playing select football. Everybody's got something to do, and uh, we've got to pull the kids out of school here to do Santa pictures because my wife is not going to go without Santa pictures. Holy moly. Don't even get it. Literally, there's two malls we can go to, and my wife is showing me pictures of the two Santas, and she wants to know which Santa we need to go with. What do you think Nick the American says? I don't fucking care. Pick a Santa. We can get us in sooner. My goodness, my wife overthinks things sometimes. The Santa thing is is definitely one of those things. But I got to get fired up a little bit. I got to get fired up. I tell you, I've had a sinus infection for like a month and a half, and I've been taking antibiotics. I'm almost over it, but I'm not. But I'm not. So, hey, I want to open. I I, I want to open with an apology and a story. So, here we go. As you guys know. I, I have uh, taken a liking, you know, not taken a liking. I have a passion for high school sports. And just recently, Nick the American was sponsoring my son's high school wrestling tournaments. And I, I knew this was going to be problematic. I knew it was going to be problematic with some of the things that I say and do on my podcast. And I also have a, a, a fair number of listeners that are high school kids. And so sometimes I'm really in the weeds. And anyways, so I, I go and I sponsor my son's high school wrestling. It's not a lot of money. It's not a big deal. And I've got a banner. And uh, I have uh, episode 30 coming up where I continued my talk on my Marjorie Taylor Green, Herschel Walker, fictitious sex tape. And in that, in episode 13, I got extremely graphic. I got extremely graphic, okay? And so just table that for a second. We're sitting during the week, it was last week, and my wife gets a phone call from the wrestling coach, my son's head wrestling coach, and he wants to talk to her. doesn't want to talk to me. He wants to talk to her. And... He asked if we maybe had a different, he, he, he had reviewed Nick the American and I think he liked it. I think he liked it. I think some of the other wrestling coaches might've liked it, but he came across episode 30. He came across a video of the sex tape and like a good wrestling coach, like, like, you know, someone who, you know, is in charge of kids and instructs kids. 
he had to pump the brakes on Nick the American. And so my wife was on the phone with him for like 15 minutes. I don't even know who the hell it is. And uh, my wife comes out and her face is red. And um, she explains that Coach M called her and uh, Nick the American probably isn't the right fit for the wrestling team to sponsor. And so... I I took something, Marjorie Taylor Greene, to put this in context, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she defamed the families of Sandy Hook and Parkland and basically called them actors, called them false flags. They were fake. And so in my mind, she went really low. And so with this sex tape, I wanted to go low. I wanted to go even lower. I don't think it's possible to go lower than Marjorie Taylor Greene and what she did with with Sandy Hook and and Parkland. But I wanted to go low too, and that was wrong. And so, this is an action. This is this is a real time opportunity for me to be better. I fucked up. If I have aspirations, if I have aspirations to highlight and sponsor youth sports, high school sports, I I can't go this low. I can't be this graphic. Now, this does not mean that I'm not going to be naughty. This does not mean that I'm not going to be explicit at times. But I will no longer go after this this sex tape, this this, you know, this bit I do with with Herschel Walker and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I know that'll probably upset some of the young folks out there. But it's the right thing to do. I have to reflect it myself. If I want to be a sponsor someday of high school sports, which maybe I'm a fucking idiot. Maybe this show has no business you know, sponsoring high school sports with some of the content that we discuss. Maybe I have no business doing that. But I, I, I pledge to you that I will be just a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit better. So I apologize to the wrestling team. I put the coach in a, a compromising situation. I know my wife pulled me aside. She was not happy. She was, she, I think she was probably the most upset, most embarrassed. But she had referenced my sons and how they go to school. And they've, you know, their, their friends are listening to the podcast. And here I am talking about some of the most explicit things that, frankly, you, you, could, you could talk about. And I did it by design. Okay, I got so nasty and so far down in the weeds because I was trying to match Machine Gun Taylor Green, and that is not—that is not an apology with an excuse. It's just a straight apology. I'm just trying to to give you the context of where I was going, and so, yeah, fun times at the Scapini household. Hey, I am human just like you guys. I fuck up all the time. I've got a wife that I answer to sometimes. And sometimes I listen to her and sometimes I don't listen to her. You got to figure out what's important, you know, pick and choose your battles. And this was a battle I was not willing to fight. This is not a battle I was willing to fight. So Machine Gun Taylor Green, look me in the eye, sweetie. Sweetie, look me in the eye. I love you. I am sorry, Marjorie Taylor Green. Herschel Walker, arguably the greatest football player in Georgia Bulldog history. Herschel, look at me, buddy. Nick the American is sorry. Okay? Damn sorry. So, 
And if, if, if I can look myself in the mirror and apologize, can you? Can you guys? And I'm not saying you guys have anything to apologize for. Machine Gun Taylor Green does. She absolutely does. Over and over and over again, you can't apologize enough times for what she said about the families in Sandy Hook and Parkland. You can't do it. So take note from me, Machine Gun Taylor Green. okay? Get better. Get better. Right? Let's make our team better. All right, let's let's move on to the next topic. You know, I played. Uh, I was talking about you know Trump's inability to admit defeat with regards to the 2020 election, and I referenced former Vice President and Tennessee native Al Gore as someone that we could look at as a protector of democracy, someone who showed nothing but class in his concession speech when he lost the tightest race of our lifetime against George W. Bush in 2000, lost Florida by 500-some votes, won the popular vote by half a million, and had to, he was the first president since the 1800s to lose the popular, excuse me, to win the popular vote and actually lose the election. So he lost really tight, really hard, tough to swallow, something obviously Trump could, could never do. But So I, I played a, a snippet on last episode, episode 31, of Gore conceding. And we I was at home, and my son Carter was just, he he can vote now. He just turned 18, and, and he thinks Biden is an absolute dipshit. He thinks Trump is a lunatic. And he's just like, you know, is there anybody else, Dad? And so I played him the Al Gore concession speech. And it was like six or seven minutes. I played it for him. And you know, sometimes they're in, you know, you're trying to show your kids something and there's no interest. And sometimes you show something to them and they're captivated. And and Carter sat there and listened to the entire Al Gore speech. It was like, who the fuck is this guy? Can we get this guy? Is this how they used to make politicians? We've got Biden and Trump. Who is this guy? I'm like, son, this is Al Gore and he this is his concession speech. He sounds amazing. So my 18-year-old son was blown away by Al Gore and his concession speech. The class in which Al delivered that concession speech. It's it's such a contrast to what we have now. Not that Joe Biden's not classy. Joe Biden will definitely step up and be classy. But can you imagine Trump winning the popular vote, losing the election, and then saying precisely what Al Gore did in 2000 on that speech. We should play it again. A.B., play it again. <laughs> it's our new producer, A.B. She's really kicking ass. There's no doubt about it. Almost a century and a half ago, Senator Stephen Douglas told Abraham Lincoln, who had just defeated him for the presidency, partisan feeling must yield to patriotism. I'm with you, Mr. President, and God bless you. Well, in that same spirit, I say to President-elect Bush that what remains of partisan rancor must now be put aside, and may God bless his stewardship of this country. My son was just blown away, and I was actually blown away by his his response. And I'm like, God, you know, God, everyone hates Al Gore, you know, on the right, you know, he's a, a climate activist, and uh, he 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 invented the internet, or so says the right. 
they you know he was taken out of context um, for making a, a comments about inventing the internet many many years ago. I said he's not a beloved fi- you know political figure, but just the tone, the class, the civility. I think it struck my eldest son. We need more of that. We need more of that Al Gore type shit. How could anybody, regardless of party, watch his concession speech and not feel proud to be an American? Not feel patriotic? I I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if it's possible. Your chest should just be pumping out of your shirt. We have Joe Biden. We have Donald Trump. We don't have Al Gore. We don't have George W. We don't have sane politicians that, uh, fuck, I don't even know. This this Al Gore concession speech just does not exist anymore with regards to politics, and, and, and and it needs to. It needs to. We need to have that sense of pride, no matter who's speaking, a Republican or a Democrat. And, and I'm telling you, if you, even if you're a Republican and you watch that speech, you, you have to feel damn good about your country. So maybe more people will jump into the race. I tried to tell Carter there are there are a few people that 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 can talk. Nikki Haley is is is, is definitely one of them. Ron DeSantis is not a bad person. He's not a bad person. I, I totally disagree with him. He's not a bad person. If we had Roy Cooper run, he is a good dude. If we had Gavin Newsom run, I know he's a leftist liberal. But he is together. He's smart. He's thoughtful. Hopefully, we get some more people to jump into this race. So, if not, we get Biden, Trump too. And who the hell wants that? Who the hell wants that? So, all right, let's talk a little bit of sports for a second. You know, David Benavides is the official fighter of Nick the American, and. Uh, there is another fighter in Renton, Washington, that for a long time was David's stablemate. His name is Jose Valenzuela. Jose El Rayo Valenzuela. And Jose is a lightweight. He's 135 pounds. Offensive dynamo. He, uh, he trains alongside David Benavides. He was in the Renton Boxing Gym the day that I stepped in there, and I didn't know who Jose was at the time. He was like 6-0, and still a young prospect. He's more of a contender now. But uh, I wanted to highlight Jose because in the Benavides boxing gym, it's all David Benavides. You know, you know, and rightfully so. It's it, but there is a fighter named Jose Valenzuela that is 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 very good, is very good. And he fought this last this past weekend on Showtime Boxing's very last boxing card, and he fought. Uh, a former world champion named Chris Colbert and him and Chris Colbert had fought earlier in the year and El Rayo, Jose Valenzuela knocked Chris Colbert down in the first, looked like he was going to knock him out, looked like he was having his way early. And then the fight kind of slowly changed. And ultimately Chris Colbert ended up winning a split decision, a controversial split decision against Jose Valenzuela. And so a lot of trash talk, build up to a rematch, and here they go again. And Jose Valenzuela came out just like the first fight and knocked Chris Colbert down in the first round. And then in the second, you're like, shit, is this deja vu? Chris Colbert is finding himself 
getting himself back into this fight and starting to make things uncomfortable for Jose Valenzuela. Well, in the sixth round, here's what happened. Boom! Unconscious Chris Colbert. Jose El Rio Valenzuela. Stand up, young man. Impressive. I love it. So all this talk about David Benavidez, he's the official fighter of Nick the American. We have not mentioned Jose Valenzuela from Renton, Washington. I, I believe he's born in Los Mochis, Mexico. But as a three-year-old, he came over here to the state of Washington. Enters the ring in a Space Needle hat. He was wearing a Mariner hat at the weigh-in. Hey, I'm all Washington minus the Seahawks, Jose. I'm all you, Jose. Love how you're backing up uh, uh, Seattle sports. And we need to start watching this young man. He's got 14 professional fights. I think he's got like 16 professional knockdowns. He's knocked down every man he's ever fought. He is an offensive dynamo. He's lobbying for a fight with Gervonta Davis. That would be an exciting fight because Jose's all offense. He's all offense. I think he needs to punch a little bit less. He can, he, he can put his hands on anybody. He needs to be defensive, and he needs to be a little bit more economical with his punches. He can throw half as many punches as he does and still win rounds. Just needs to be careful with that chin. So, anyways... Jose El Rio Valenzuela from Brenton, Washington. Take a look at that knockout clip, ladies and gentlemen. You got to watch it. Hey, boxing is a brutal, brutal sport. I'm telling you, the medication, I, I'm, I'm drinking water so much here. The medication I'm on is just drying me out. Nothing I can do about it. I mean, come on. All right. Let's let's talk about this topic. Let I have not really talked about immigration. Okay. I've spent like the last three days trying to study up on immigration and the differences between Joe Biden's policy and, and Donald Trump's, trying to figure out how well this this amazing wall that was sort of constructed across our southern border has worked. You know, trying to trying to just try to grasp all of it. And, and, and I'm telling you, there's no way the, the, the regular Joe, the regular American, can really understand immigration, can really understand what's going on with our southern border. But we're, we're really passionate about it. We're really passionate about it. It's like hell down there, right? It, it, it's absolutely awful. And, you know, this is going to be a... There's so many different things I want to talk about with this. But... I, I, I think about the Statue of Liberty, and, and the Statue of Liberty says, give me a, a gift from, from France, right? We've got the Statue of Liberty over there in New York. And it says on the Statue of Liberty, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to, be, to, be, to breathe free the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest, Toss to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. So I'm wondering, does this matter anymore to Americans? Hey, give, hey, hey, give us your tired and your weak world. We will take them. We will give them the opportunity that they need to succeed. We will be that beacon of light. You know, I've mentioned Ronald Reagan before. 
Reagan talked about the United States of America being the shining city on a hill. If, if we are that shining city on that hill, and it's important for this country to be that shining city on a hill, we've got this neon banner saying we're the greatest fucking country that's ever existed, ever. And it's just flashing up there on the, uh, on the mountaintops. Of course, people from all over the world, especially Mexico, other countries, are going to Venezuela, Nicaragua, doesn't matter are going to want to come to this country for opportunity, okay? And so I want a safe and secure border. I want a solid application process, a legal application process for immigration. I don't want illegal immigration. I also want a path to citizenship for people who are established here. Yeah, who probably broke the law, but are established here. It's it, it, it's, a, it's a tough one. It, it is a tough one, okay? I want all of these things with my immigration policy. I don't know how I feel about the wall. I think about the wall for a second, and, and I said I'm going to be all over the map here. The wall, show me the logistics, the science, the data metrics behind here. If we construct this wall, we can stop the influx of illegal immigration. Was there studies done? Was there science that was looked at that said, hey, this will work and here's why it will work? And what I've seen is basically no. The wall was basically a cliff note for Donald Trump. Roger Stone, who is one of his longtime aides, who was nailed with seven felony you know, counts and, and Donald Trump pardoned him. Roger Stone is actually the founder of the wall, the famous wall. Trump's going to build the wall. He wanted, to rem- he wanted to keep Trump on track when he's out on the campaign trail. Okay. And so illegal immigration, immigration is a big hot button. And so in order to get Trump to talk about immigration, he said, wall, wall, wall. Remember the wall. Well, Trump, on a random campaign stop, just started talking about the fucking wall. And all of a sudden, the greatest builder in the world, Donald Trump, is like, yeah, yeah, we're going to build a wall. That's literally how the wall came to be. Okay. There's been like 450 miles of wall created. Like 400 miles of the wall was in in replace of already existing barriers and walls. 50 miles is actually new wall. And I don't want to harp on Trump so bad for this impenetrable wall, but this was not a solution. This was a campaign trick. Okay. This was a cliff note he, he used to remind himself to talk about immigration. And then it just turned into this, oh my God, we've got to build this wall. If you want to crack down on illegal immigration, I don't think the wall is like your saving grace. I just don't think it is. Okay. So I'm doing all this research and and I don't think I know any more about the Southern border than I did before I started. I I, I know a little bit. Does anybody know what uh, title 42 is? Does anybody know? Anybody know? No. Does anybody know what Title Eight is? Title Forty-Two was is 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 a measure that the Trump administration enacted in, during COVID, where 
they could expel immigrants very quickly from our country. Now, there were no repercussions for being expelled. You could continue to just try and try and try, but we were able to get a lot of people out of the country very fast, and we did so under Title 42, which was health and wellness of your citizens. It was a pandemic title, okay? And so this Title 42, you know, Biden was going to get rid of it. Biden was going to get rid of it and uh, take us back to Title 8. What the fuck is Title 8? Does anybody know? Title 8, there, it's not nearly as extreme. Uh, you're, the deportations, uh, the, media, the, the immediate action is, 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 is not there. But what Title 8 does is if you do... If you do get caught trying to enter the country illegally, you could face a couple years in prison. You could face a five-year or a 10-year ban on getting back into the country. And so Title 42 was a little, it was, it was brutal in this sense. Trump, Jay, Trump was like scorched earth. We're going to get these fucking people out of here. If I've got to use Title 42 and this pandemic clause to do it, I we will do it. And in so doing, we saw a lot of families get separated. And I bet even Trump, even Trump and, and and maybe some in his administration, probably like, yeah, maybe that didn't go so well. And so when Biden came in, he wanted to make sure that no families were being separated. Kids weren't being put in a cage on one side of the border with the family on the other side. So what is the difference between Title Eight and Title 42? Title 42, by the way, just ran out in May after legal battles, just May of 2023. So literally, Biden and Trump, their, their immigration policies are so fucking similar. There's not a lot you can do. There's still, people are coming across the border regardless of who's president. I don't know. I don't know. I, I cannot sit here and tell you. He, I, Donald Trump's is more scorched earth. He wants more people gone, okay? He did separate families. Biden's is a little bit more passive, but people are people are being deported left and right under Biden. And I had numbers for you. It's like maybe even more under Joe Biden. It's ridiculous. But I'm just, if you're the common person, you tell me you know what DACA is. You tell me you know what Title VIII and Title 42 are. You tell me that you know that there's this huge problem at the southern border. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fight back and say, I bet you don't know shit. I don't know shit. I've been reading about it for like three days, and I'm still confused. Still confused. Do we want asylum seekers in this country? Do we want to take people who are under some sort of hardship in their own country? There's a revolution going on. They're being ostracized. They're you know something bad is going on in their country. Do we see? Do do we take asylum seekers and do we bring them into this country? Do we close our country? Here's what I don't want to do. I want a safe and secure border, okay? I want, I believe in legal immigration, not illegal immigration. I believe in this country as the beacon of hope and freedom. And, and as long as that, that, that rings true, people are going to want to come here, okay? People are going to want to come here. But what I, what, 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 what I, I don't believe in, what I don't believe in, is closing our borders and saying, no more immigration. 
This country was founded on immigration. This country, I, I think, I, I think of the United States of America like a major league baseball farm system. We need talent constantly coming into our country that 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 it has a desire to succeed, a yearning to succeed. We need these people. They're going to become doctors and lawyers and drug dealers and all and politicians and all and, and second and third generation Americans. But we need them. We need talent coming into this country consistently. And if we think, if we think, hey, we're good, we can shut down the country, no more immigration. And I'm not saying anybody's actually saying that. Maybe some on the right are. And if they are, they're wrong, God damn it. Lord's name in vain, piss me off. I didn't mean to do that. We need to go find talent. And if and, and and talent is coming through our borders, we need to be able to process process that appropriately and 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 give people a legal path into this country. So, I encourage everybody to read about immigration, and you get the you, you just get the idea that Joe Biden is is got the border wide open and he's he's greeting people with suckers, and Trump is. Trump is just, nope, 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 nope. When the reality is, the differences between the two policies, hey, Trump's is more aggressive. Biden's is less aggressive. They're deporting people like fucking crazy. Here, Joe, here's what Joe Biden said uh, just recently. Here, here's, what, here's what he told people at the southern border. Do, quote, do not just show up at the border. Stay where you are and apply legally. Now, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Hey, apply legally. Stay where you are. Don't flood the southern border. Now, what if you're trying to seek asylum from a dangerous situation? What if you have moved heaven and earth to get to where you are in the southern border? just to be turned away. And that's something that's a break, I think, from, from Democrats and, and liberals. Um, get get hey, hey, get to a crossing. Get somewhere. Give us your, your, your huddled masses. You're weak. You're tired. You're poor. We'll take you. That, that seems to have been the case for a long time. Should that be the case now? And should that always be the case? For example, times are changing. Our country's getting bigger. We're no longer a startup nation any longer, okay? And if we're not a startup nation any longer, does that mean some of our immigration policies change? Do we have to tighten the borders? Probably yes. Do we have to tighten the process in which you fill out an application and you get accepted as a, as a potential citizen one day in this country? Do some of those things need to tighten up because we are no we are a monstrous country we're huge we're booming we've got bills to pay and we just can't necessarily take everybody across a border and say hey come on we'll take care of you we'll feed you we'll do whatever it takes there's got to be a happy median and uh again I spent a couple of days reading about this and I know absolutely shit about immigration. And I'm sure people on the internet will tell me all about it. But the bottom line here, there is not a ton of difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump's immigration plan. And I'm not I'm not pro con either one of them. 
when it comes to immigration. I think the, 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 the wall was fucking stupid. The wall was stupid. The wall was not a solution. Okay. Separating families at the border is, is not something the United States of America needs to be in the business of. But just taking anybody and everybody across our border um, and have it not secure is not something that, 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 that this liberal Democrat wants. So we need to be fair on immigration and we need to be firm on immigration. Fair and firm. There's the stance of Nick the American. And, and you know, I was, immigration becomes so fucking politicized. You know, uh, just 2022, all of the campaign ads like, oh, this little girl found fentanyl at the park and died because of all of the, you know, all of the Mexicans flooding over the southern border, poisoning our blood. No one said that in a campaign ad. Trump just said that. But the fentanyl crisis, southern border. The right will tell you, oh my God, the southern border is just a sieve. It, the, the drug abuse down there is crazy. It's coming right up and it's poisoning our neighborhoods and our children and it's killing us. And then the left will say, well, the you know fentanyl, the fentanyl seizures, 90% of them happen at legal ports of entry. And you can say, okay, well, that you know, that's that's one way to spin it left. But do we even know what the fuck is coming in from the southern border? Do we have any sort of data metrics? Do we? I don't know. The left plays politics with with that ninety percent fentanyl number coming through legal ports of entry. The right plays fucking politics. Oh my God! Little six year old Susie found fentanyl at the playground in Seattle, Washington. Yep. The southern border is responsible. Yep, Joe Biden's just letting them in, giving them suckers. The truth is always somewhere much more in the middle. It's not on the left. It's not on the right. So you talk immigration with friends or family or whatever. If you're interested in reading more about it, do so. Do so. And I think in so doing, you'll find that the policies of both parties are not a hell of a lot different despite what you hear. Okay? All right. There you go. Immigration. I'm just a genius, aren't I? Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the go-to to talk to about immigration. All right. Hey, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you're moving up in the polls in New Hampshire. I like to see it. I like to see it. Good on you, Nikki Haley. What would happen if Nikki Haley won New Hampshire? Well, Ron DeSantis told us what would happen if Nikki Haley won New Hampshire. Ron DeSantis just came out was this last week and said Donald Trump lied about the 2020 election. And then he Texas took it a step and he said that no matter what happens in this primary, he will lie about the results. And I'm like, oh my God, Ron, no shit. No shit. American people, this is what he does. Back to immigration for a second. One of the reasons it's hard it's hard to believe the right on immigration is because Trump is standing up there pounding his chest saying how the rapists and they're poisoning our blood and all of this awful stuff. And you're like, I know he's not telling the truth. All right. I'm done with immigration. But 2016, 2016, Donald Trump loses Iowa, the Iowa caucus. Ted Cruz wins Iowa. Donald Trump says it's rigged. 
Uh, Ron DeSantis just brought this up. He wanted another election. Cruz stole 2016, this 2016 Iowa caucus. And I had forgotten about that. I was talking about Trump. And the reason why I can't support Trump, why I hate Trump, is because one man, one vote. He doesn't believe in democracy when he's on the ballot. He might believe in democracy if he's on the sideline. But when he's on the ballot, the rules don't apply. And so he pulled this shit in Iowa in 2016 with Ted Cruz. He obviously pulled this shit in 2020 with his election lie that Ron DeSantis, thank you, you finally fucking pointed out. Nikki Haley, you can't win. You can't win. If you beat him, all hell's going to break loose. All hell's going to break loose. So I, I just thought it was, it was funny that I had pointed out why I could not stand the king, why he was not electable. Under any circumstance, if you can't agree to the rules of the game, then you can't play the game. And here we have Ron DeSantis, who's in a primary with Donald Trump right now, saying, fuck, he'll lie, he'll, he'll lie about the election results 100%. Do you think that's the only thing that Donald Trump lies about? Do you? Fuck no. My goodness. So good on you, Ron DeSantis. Stepping up, growing some hair on your balls. It's probably too little too late. You probably should have been doing this a long time ago. But it's really simple. I'll look all my Republican friends in the face and just tell them, hey, hey, Trump will lie about the election results 100%. And they'll shake their head at me and go, yeah, yeah, he will. He will. But you know, Biden can't stand up. Yeah, and that's true, too. So, fuck. We're all fucked. Oh, goodness. All right. This is going to be my last show, my last show before Christmas break and all, all, all that good stuff. So I won't talk to you until the new year. And so by the time that I talk to you, Washington will have played Texas in the college football playoff and the University of Michigan will play the Alabama, will play the Alabama Crimson Tide. And right now, Michigan is favored to win the national title followed by Bama, and closely followed by Texas. My dogs are the dogs. They're the dogs. Plus 700 to win the national title. Four and a half point underdogs to the Texas Longhorns in New Orleans at the Sugar Bowl. I'm telling you. I, hey, in 2016, when the Washington Huskies were in the college football playoff, we were playing Bama. There, I was under no illusion that we were going to win the football game, even though we played them defensively very, very, very tough. Under no illusion that we were going to win a national championship. It just almost didn't even cross my mind. The 2023 playoff, ladies and gentlemen, it is wide open. It is wide open. And I love the fact that Washington is being disrespected yet again. Hey, they went and handled Texas last year in Texas, 27-10. In the Alamo Bowl. And I know Texas was missing a couple of dudes, but Texas got handled by UW. UW has handled everybody all year, and, and I, they're four and a half point dogs. I scratch, I scratch my head. I'm telling you, the play here, I'd take the Huskies to win the national championship plus 700. There's your play. There's your play. This feels like absolutely positively the closest college football playoff final four we've ever had. I believe Texas can win the national championship. I believe the Washington Huskies can win the national championship. 
I believe the Crimson Tide can win the national championship, and I believe the favorite Michigan Wolverines could win the national championship or get smoked. I think it's wide open. I almost think it's it's 50-50-50-50 all the way around. That's how damn tight this is. So I'm excited. I'm excited. The other thing that's crazy exciting regarding college football is the transfer portal. I just saw Oregon just picked up their second quarterback. They got more the the quarterback transfer from UCLA, who was like the number three overall prospect a year or two ago in high school football coming out. Oregon got uh, Dylan Gabriel from, from Oklahoma. We saw Kyle McCord from Ohio State transfer, and, and oh, he's leaving Ohio State. He just signed on for Syracuse. Riley Leonard, the Kentucky quarterback, he's uh, – He's uh, going to Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Absolutely fun. Absolutely crazy. Uh, Will Rogers, Mississippi State signal caller, is headed to my Washington Huskies. We got a new quarterback, and it's crazy. Hey, welcome to Seattle, Will Rogers. Uh, we've The Huskies have still got a couple games to play, hopefully. But uh, uh, here is Will Rogers. He was born and raised in Mississippi. Small town in Mississippi. His father was a football coach. This kid's eat, sleep, shit football his entire life. This 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 southern boy from Mississippi is gonna come on over to Seattle, Washington, and and uh, he's gonna get a little culture. He's gonna get a little culture over here on the West Coast. How cool is that? And and hopefully he can bring a little bit of that uh, haughty toddy southern culture over to Seattle too. But uh, just a cool thing. Who, would Will Rogers have ever in a million years thought he would wind up being a Washington Husky? And so the transfer portal is giving, get, giving kids opportunities in parts of the country, opening up parts of the country that just would, ne- would, would never be open, would never be open. And uh, good on Will Rogers. I think Will Rogers saw a year prior um, Husky running back – Mississippi State running back Dylan Johnson transferred from Mississippi State to Washington. Leave the SEC for the Pac-12. Will Rogers took note. And with all the success that Dylan's had and all the success that Coach Kalen DeBoer's had with coaching Michael Penix at the quarterback position, you'd be crazy to be a quarterback in college football and not want to be part of the Washington system. So... Welcome, Will Rogers. The transfer portal is crazy as shit. Free agency in college football. My goodness, my goodness. Cam Ward's still out there, ladies and gentlemen. I think DJ Ungulele is still out there. Where are they going? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let's see here. We're getting close to wrapping this baby up. But I'm going to start talking about an initiative that Nick the American is championing. It's called Initiative 15. What the fuck is Initiative 15, you ask? You know, I have been asking members of the media. I've been asking politicians. I've been asking my friends and my family, my fellow Americans, to be more civil, to change your tone a little bit to understand who you're speaking with, okay? To compromise a little bit more. And so, Initiative 15 is just that. 
I'm calling on all politicians. I'm calling on all Americans. I'm calling on all members of the media to give me 15%. Give me 15% more compromise. Marjorie Taylor Greene, can you compromise 15% more? Sean Hannity, can you give me 15% better tone? Rachel Maddow, can you be 15% more civil? Jim Jordan, can you be 15% more compromising? I, I get it. I get it. We have disagreements. We are not going to agree. That's why I'm not asking for 85% or 100% or 60%. Can we be 15% more civil? Can we be 15% better as people? I'm telling you, Democrats, you do not have some sort of economic policy that is robust enough and wonderful enough just to just to, to make our country boom and smooth sailing all you know all the way. That doesn't even fucking make sense, Nick. Republicans, you do not have an economic policy that's a magic bullet either. You think either side does? Oh, we're going to enact this piece of legislation and make everyone's life better. It's going to make somebody's life better. It's going to make somebody's life worse. It's going to make somebody hate it. It's going to make somebody love it. No, but you know what Republicans and Democrats can do? They can adopt Initiative 15. Initiative 15. Rashida Tlaib, you can be 15% better. Jim Jordan, you can be 15% more civil. You can. House Republicans, 15% more willing to compromise. Hell, you can't even compromise on a fucking speaker. How are we going to get anything done in the House if you don't adopt Initiative 15? If Sean Hannity adopts Initiative 15, everybody, we should be talking about Initiative 15. 15% better. We can do it. Forget these liberal policies and these conservative policies. Yeah, those are all going to happen or not happen. And we're all going to love them and then hate them or be indifferent about them. But we could we could all, we could all give 15%. We could all give to this team that we love, that we want to flourish, that is the United States of America, we could give 15% more. I, some people need to give 15% in this area. Some people need to give 15% in this area. But if, if I sat down with Sean Hannity, I want to shake your hand, dude, and say, listen, man, we can be 15% better. Initiative 15. I want to talk about it. All, all next year, I want to pump it up. I want Hannity to adopt it. I want Matt out to adopt it. I, I, I want George Soros to adopt it. I want Joe Biden and Donald Trump to adopt it. 15% better. There's a policy that's not even a policy that could, that could make our country move, that could help our country heal, that could bring our team together. Hey, Initiative 15, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can give you 50, I can't give you 85%. I'm a liberal Democrat. I disagree with some of the shit on the right, but I can give you 15% more civility. Fuck yeah, I can. I can give you 15% more compromise. Hell yes, I can. I'll work with you 15% more than I do now. Marjorie Taylor Greene, can you give 15% of an apology to the families of Sandy Hook and Parkland? Hey, 15% better with my sex tape talk? No, I can be a hell of a lot better. I can be a hell of a lot better. I don't need to embarrass my wife and kids. Initiative 15 
It's coming in 2024. Okay? We can all be better. Maybe there might be no more important piece of legislation that we could adopt than everybody looking themselves in the mirror, looking across the aisle, looking across the media aisle, Fox, MSNBC, looking at each other and say, hey, let's be 15% more civil. Why the hell not? Let's do that and then watch our country roll. Watch our country roll. Hey, that is Nick the American, episode 32. Hey, I love you guys. I really do. I really appreciate everybody listening. This has been a, uh, a bucket list thing of mine to do. We're here at the end of the year, and we've wrapped up, I guess, season one of Nick the American, 32 episodes in all. That episode 30, by the way, was taken off. So uh, it'll be like a Babe Ruth rookie card. If someone's got the tape somewhere of episode 30, it's rare. It's rare. Hard to find. Been whitewashed on the internet. But hey, Merry Christmas. I love you. I'll talk to you in the new year. And go Huskies.